Industry Under Pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. All right, folks. Got something a little bit different for you today, and uh, it's a good it's a good story. And and I know you I know you're thinking you're thinking uh, it's always something a little bit different. But in this case, it's different from all the other different things. And, and it's a good story uh, about a good person in the industry. And it's, per, it's somebody that uh, so here at OGGN we met a friend recently who made a new friend, and it's a it's a LinkedIn friend because. Uh, we, we noticed a, a post that she put on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. It was getting a lot of attention. And um, it's one that I actually read all the way through, which I don't always have uh, have the time to do. And and so we got in touch. And in fact, we, we, repo- we, we reposted it. Try saying that three times fast. We reposted it or shared it, whatever, whatever, the, whatever the lingo is. Uh, on the uh, OGGN LinkedIn page, and uh, and I and I got in touch, and I asked her. I said, "Hey, do you want to come on the on the on the tech show and uh, um, you know and and tell this story?" And she said, "Yes." So that's what we're going to do. But first, I want to say thank you to the sponsor of today's show, and uh, as has been my habit lately, I forgot again to check and see who the sponsor is. For this episode, so let's see. Let's, I'm looking at my magic. Uh, I don't know whatever this thing is. It tells me what it is. And uh, what do I got? I got uh, MCloud. MCloud. Our friends at MCloud are the sponsors of the show, and and I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. The Wheel of Fortune has landed on them this week because uh, they are. <laughs> They're doing some great things for the for uh, the oil and gas industry, and they got some great people there now. You may have heard, you may remember we talked about MCloud a few weeks ago because they came to Houston and they had a big launch party. It was really cool. OGGM was there and um, I was really just there for the food. The food was spectacular. But MCloud uh, has got has a new mobile asset uh, uh, asset worker solution that uh, it's, it's the cool, right? It's the thing that you put the headband on you cl- or you clip it to your to your. Um, to your hard hat, it's intrinsically safe. You get the little monocle out in front of your eye and the microphone, and you can talk to people in other places, and they see what you're seeing, and and then you can pull things up, and and you can look at, and you can you can talk and make things uh, and, and describe what you see, and it and it shows up on a dashboard in the cloud, so other people can see it. It's really cool stuff. It's called Asset Care Mobile, and uh, you can find it. You can find more information about it on their website, which is mcloudcorp. Com, mcloudcorp.com. Go to the section for Asset Care, Asset Care Mobile. Also, you can learn about it. Uh, I did a podcast episode right here on this very show with our old friend Vincent Higgins, who's now over at MCorp running their uh, MCorp, <laughs> MCloud. He's now at MCloud running their oil and gas business. And so we did a, we were at a conference. We did a live podcast episode. Uh, it's just two or three back. You can find, uh, you can find that pretty easily. All right. Moving right along. Oh, I also want to tell you about. Uh, t- uh, so you've heard me uh, promote, you know, encouraging you. 
encouraging. It is, that's the right word. Encouraging you to uh, check out this uh, relatively new live stream program that we're doing, live stream video, TV talk show type of thing. It's on the first Thursday of every month. It's called OGGN Unscripted. It really is unscripted and it really is live. And so if you missed the one that we did just a couple of days ago uh, on June 2nd, then, I, well, if you missed it, then then you missed it. But the good news is you didn't miss it completely because uh, you can still watch it and it won't be, it's not quite as exciting as watching it live, but you know, you can pretend. And so uh, you can find that on, uh, go, to, go to OGGN LinkedIn under events, look for unscripted episode four. And while you're at it, you should watch episodes one, two, and three because they're great too. But, but number four was, was golden. And we had, we had our friend Tony Manzer from Technique FMC on. And we also had, uh, I guess, a new friend of mine, old friend of, of uh, old friend of Kayla's, Paige Donnell. Uh, and Tony and Paige are both in the marketing and PR business. And we talked a lot about um, how we need to be telling better stories in this industry and what do we need to do to, to not to, not just to change the image or the perception of, of oil and gas, but to make the, but to align the public perception of the industry, align it with reality because it's not really aligned with reality right now. And we do a lot of great things that, and, and there's a lot of good stories that don't get told. So if you missed that also, also, I'm just going to say this. There was a subtle Polynesian theme on the set this time. And the, uh, the Mai Tais were free-flowing. So that's all I have to say about that. Now, coming back to the main thing. Uh, and, and I do want to come back to the main thing because I have to be honest. It's Friday afternoon in Houston, Texas. The weather is beautiful. It's late Friday afternoon. It's pushing 5 o'clock. Uh, the weather is beautiful. And tomorrow morning... I'm going to the beach. Mrs. O'Sullivan and I have planned a beach outing, and we have not been on the beach since I think I want to say last September. So we are uh, we're having withdrawal, and uh, so we're I'm, so my brain is there, which means uh, that I want to move through this part as quickly as possible. So we're going to get back to the story. Uh, we're going to hear from one of our sisters in uh, in the oil and gas industry. Uh, who is a great advocate. Uh, So her own story about how she got into the industry uh, is really cool. Uh, On top of that, uh, she recently uh, competed in this contest that you're going to hear about. And uh, and there's some interesting stories there, especially uh, how she she had to answer questions that she wasn't expecting from the judges. And uh, and she's she's a great advocate for the industry. Oh, and one more thing uh, that I should mention is uh, we had a little technical problem with the very beginning of this this conversation uh, the tape came off the spool or something like that anyway uh it starts a little weird it doesn't start with the usual me saying hello and her saying hello and all that it, but you didn't miss much just just trust me all, all you missed was the pleasantries up front and uh, and then we jump right into it so ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the OGGN spotlight sarah phillips Oil and Gas Global Network, we're big industry advocates, and we like to educate people uh, in, in addition to delivering all this uh, really interesting stuff. And and I saw um, uh, some of us caught a LinkedIn post that you um, that you put out, uh, I don't know, a couple, of, it was a couple of weeks ago or something like that, right, I think? It was a week ago. Yeah. And it's had how many, how many 
views, uh, did you say, or or, or likes? Or over eight hundred and seventy million, or not million? Woo, yeah. that would be crazy. That would be a lot. <laughs> thousand, yeah. eight hundred and seventy thousand views. So we're uh, approaching a million here soon. It, um, yeah, and it's and in the LinkedIn post is about us about this contest that you were in recently, but. Um, but in in your uh, little write up there, uh, which I actually read the whole thing, which I almost never do, and some of the uh, some of the, the other folks at OGG read it, and we said, "Wow, this is such a great story." And you and you kind of put a little bit of your whole besides the contest, you put your whole story in there, and um, so we want to. So I, we just want to talk about that. But first, a little bit about you. Uh, I know you're in Pennsylvania. And mm-hmm. and and I know that you're a petroleum engineer, but besides that, I don't really know a whole lot. So, who are you, and where do you work, and what do you do? So, I am I am a petroleum engineer, but right now I do sales. So, I kind of converted from um, a dirty, hard uh, field engineer to a polished, shiny um, sales. I'm a sales account manager for so Night no Energy more. Services. No more photos of you with all the mud on your face and everything. We don't. You, those are you, you don't. No, see just yeah. just leisurely mud, not professional mud. Not not professional. I, those those <laughs> were some. I saw some of those pictures as well. It's fantastic. So, so night energy services. Uh, what does what? What is night energy services? So up here in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, we primarily uh, service operators. So mm-hmm. we do work strings and handling tools to be able to use those work strings to drill out the um, frack plugs. I love night and night energy services is by far my favorite job. I love them. The support from the head up is just insane. Yeah. yeah. They care about me as a person instead of a number. I, I really love night. Are, are they hiring? Can I get an application to, uh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so you're selling for nights and you're in, uh, so what part of Pennsylvania are, are you close to So, you know, a lot of people don't realize I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to talk over you, but, uh, but a lot of people don't, uh, you know, people always think of Texas uh, when they think of the U.S. and they think of oil, they always think of Texas, right? And um, as the big one. But but Pennsylvania is where it all started, right? That was the Drake the yeah, Drake oil Drake. well. Are you, so are you close to that? Wherever, where, that, where is that? That's like near I think Titusville. I'm about three think, hours away. Right? Sometimes I visit clients in uh, northern Pennsylvania and I drive through and take pictures. But Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's not still there, though, is it? I don't, you can't, like... I don't know if the well's still there. They have like a a derrick, like, a, like yeah. not not an actual derrick, but you know, like a pretty large statue, I guess you could say, of an oil derrick. You know, as a symbol. Yeah. Is there a, is there mm-hmm. a museum that you can walk around yeah. and see? Yeah. Yeah. There's that? a museum. Yeah. And you said something to me earlier too, right? You said you went to Abu Dhabi and you worked in some sort of a like squirrel cage underwater or something like that. What was that? What was no, that? not squirrel cage underwater. So I trained in Abu Dhabi. I worked in North Dakota. But uh, I worked with electric submersible pumps, so it's a form of artificial lift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we use a squirrel cage three-phase motor, and it you use electricity. It's an electricity induction motor. Uh-huh. And you that electricity... That's right. There's okay, a, cool. Because this like, is the tech podcast. I yeah, wasn't prepared for the, answering gotta, technical questions. It's been a minute. The tech heads want to hear something technical before we get into all the like touchy-feely people stuff. So, so, so tell us about uh, electric submersible pumps. Okay, so basically what it is is a series of a bunch of impellers. Like think of on the back of your boat. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Set up in like a four inch tubing. And what we do is we take a 10,000 foot extension. We took, I don't work there anymore, but we took a 10,000 foot electric cord, 
and connected it to this motor. It's an induction it's, motor. Oh, it's, so oh, time out. A 10,000 foot electric cord. Mm -hmm. It's one. That's, that's, that's a really Yeah, it's cord. on a spool. Yeah. yeah, it is. A real, yeah, yeah. And protecting you the You don't just throw it out of the back of your pickup and bring it out to the job site. I mean, that's a that's a pretty large... Uh, oh, yeah. There's yeah. like, it weighs a lot, too. It's yeah. not just your normal electric cord, right? Right, I, right. I am, I am simplifying a lot. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Sometimes when we... Do, okay, the worst part of the job is if we had to splice that cord because it literally took four hours and we had a proprietary tape where I worked and it, like our hands would be bleeding by the time we were done yeah. with that splice it was yeah. crazy but anyway so we plugged this uh we plugged it into this motor when we were up on surface we dropped it ten thousand feet but basically it provides um electricity down to the motor which creates a magnetic field and induces the rotor which rotates the electricity mm -hmm. in the rotor and mm -hmm. then the two magnetic fields from the stator and the rotator oppose each other and that's what spins the yeah the impellers makes it makes them go right and mm. and i've and been outside of that world for a long time so i hope i did it's been a little while been a little while but but the general objective is artificial lift is what you, is what you were saying right that's the mm -hmm. that's the that's the objective so we, all right good i will do another episode on artificial lift because it's actually uh, it's an interesting thing so yeah, it was really complicated we had to use variable speed drives pulse pulse width modulation uh, yeah. to decrease the harmonics to increase the efficiency yeah we yeah. had computers we had a fridge size um, circuit board where we had to yeah do a lot of fridge things. sized circuit board That's so bigger than a fridge you know it doesn't like it doesn't matter how much you know about the oil and gas industry there's always like there's always things that kind of blow my mind when you think about like the stuff that we actually do out there and uh, the like the, in the innovation and the engineering that goes into it but um, but we're gonna skip over that so um, so how did you get so so this story about how you ended up in the industry is really good too because you started out you went to college you got like a business degree right and then something yeah. happened I don't remember the story but something happened and you said I want to go back to school and be a petroleum engineer so what what's that all about so I ended up working in accounts payable after I got my business degree which I don't even think I needed a business degree for uh, for a company called Shaft Drillers International mm -hmm. and I eventually got promoted to be a safety coordinator I went out on the field and I just I fell in love with it and I also was bartending my way through my sure. degree for, sure. through both of my degrees yeah. and I loved the patrons who were from the field they were hard working they were candid mm -hmm. they were rough around the yeah. edges and I was yeah. just like I belong here and somewhere in all of this you uh, you I mean were you always just like a big advocate for the industry or is that something that like uh, you've been uh, like like it's in reaction to the criticism that we get and things like that how did, how did you become such a like a active advocate I actually was the opposite of an active advocate for the industry growing up. My parents were, um, I like to call them hippies, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, in, the environmentalists yeah. and, and very good natured people, um, not educated. And they are educated, but not, they weren't educated in the energy sector of, you know, I don't know. But anyway, whenever I told <laughs> them I was going to become a petroleum engineer, um, my mom's going to kill me for saying this, but she called me an earth rapist. That's, uh, <laughs> I got nothing. She doesn't that. feel that way anymore at all. I got at nothing. Because you've, um, you've helped her see the light or just, uh, because. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I point out to her all the different things that she, uh, uses, earth you know, rapist. like plastic, like it's, it's so abundant and, and so life-giving and, 
It's just crazy to me how anyone can be anti-oil and gas, especially living in a modern society. I mean, the laptops that we're talking on, your microphone, like everything, IV bags, like the um, mm. masks that we wore for COVID, the yeah. syringes, yeah. you know, like even... Let's not forget uh, winter outerwear. That's a big one, winter outerwear. Yeah, North yeah. Face. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... They, they uh, needed us. <laughs> they did. Um, <laughs> So uh, there was something that you said, I read that you wrote uh, somewhere where you said uh, something to the effect of uh, this is the, I think you were talking about natural gas uh, at the time, but you said this is like the best way to save the planet. That was It's uh, the greatest green initiative on yeah. the planet right now. Yeah. yeah so, so, so explain that a little bit. Sorry. I mean, I mean, I know what you're talking about, but you know, we got to fill time. So explain that. Okay. So one of the primary sources of energy is coal, right? Mm -hmm. especially especially foreign coal so by being able to replace that foreign coal with an abundant with another abundant energy source which mm -hmm. is way greener which is natural gas we are able to decrease carbon emissions immensely yeah yeah so you, the, the united states has decreased in 24 percent we've had the lowest um let me see u.s natural gas production brought by the shale revolution so the shale revolution was able was gave us the ability to produce natural gas in copious abundant mm -hmm. abundant you know amounts um was one of the the largest driving factors for driving down u.s per capita greenhouses gas emissions which has led to the lowest levels in 50 years yeah so we being the united states um now I've heard I've heard similar uh, I've heard similar things quoted. Um, usually, it's in reference to uh, specifically in related to electric power generation. Um, but uh, or are you saying like just as a whole, the United States as a whole has brought it down by because the United States it, as a whole as a whole has brought it down by 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 that much and twenty four percent twenty four percent in yeah, it's a low slow in fifty years. What, does anybody know that? Like, how come? How come we don't read about that? I mean, That's I think one thing. Okay, so yeah. this like this drives me crazy because it isn't just that it's good for the climate. It's like it's incredibly humane. So a third of the planet doesn't have access to the modern energy that we have. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. two, two million at least. So I've read two million. I've read up to three point five million people are dying prematurely because they don't have access to clean cooking fuel. So they're using biomass, which is wood. Yeah. This is what drives me nuts is how many people are dying because we don't have the support that we need and how many people are focused on climate and we're helping the climate too. We're all on the same page. Yeah. But but by focusing on the climate, we're not focusing on all these deaths that are happening. So why why don't more people care about these 2 to 3.5 million people dying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh and the two, three point five million people dying from what again? From particulate matter. So particulate matter is um, particulate matter from the traditional biomass fuels that they use, such as wood. They're even using dung yeah. in countries that don't have access to right. modern energy. Right. All right. Uh, so, what do you want to say about the pe the people in the industry? The people in the industry are some of the hardest working people that I've ever met. And it, it is a very, very taxing lifestyle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if, in fact, I've, I've had... And you're talking about people on the front lines and operations, right? You're not, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean everybody, everybody works hard, right? The people in payroll work hard and the people doing contracts and all that. But in this case, you're talking about, like, the people who are out there actually where the action is 
it, yeah. it, it's mm -hmm. rough. Yeah, right. the people actually in the field working, it's a very tough industry. It's hard on marriages. It's hard on your lifestyle. It's hard on your friendships. You basically don't have a life if you're working out there, um, which creates a really good work environment because your work is basically your family. But it, it's, it's also, it's tough. It's taxing on your body. It's taxing emotionally. Um, I actually had 90 pound change dropped on my head from 60 feet up in the air. And that mm. scared, that scared me a lot. Um, I had bruises. It crushed my vertebrae. Um, wow. I don't want to highlight pounds. the dangers. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> because we're safe usually, but occasionally. Yeah, no, it is. It's one of yeah. the most regulated industries, if not the most regulated industry out there, you know, because yeah. we're scrutinized so much. Yeah. Not just with the climate, but well, the people. The, so something that I've noticed is the people are really committed to safety. It's not just it's not just uh, oh yeah 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 we go along with all these safety stuffs because we're regulated and we have to check the box. But the people the people are really concerned about safety and they they do a lot to make things safer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I started. I started as a safety coordinator after yeah. accounts payable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what? So uh, after accounts payable. Um, so you <laughs> entered this contest. Uh, what what was the what was the contest? Mrs. Pennsylvania. Mrs. Pennsylvania. So so Mrs. So Mary. just just for context, what's so so Mrs. What what is the Mrs. Pennsylvania con contest all about? So in that first at Shaft Drillers, my first oil and gas job, mm -hmm. my boss was a beauty pageant coach. Yeah. And I had posted, you know, I've posted about being in Abu Dhabi four times and my like dirty face and then my clean face. And yeah, yeah. Um, I just completed a mental toughness program. But anyway, she's seen my life and she thought that I would be a good example to other women. So she said, you should apply for this. And I did. I thought maybe I could have an impact on other women mm -hmm. and show them that they don't have to choose, you know, whether or not they wanted to be whatever they wanted to be what? they can be dirty women can be dirty sure sure there's no question yeah um mm -hmm. so so you went <laughs> so so have you had an impact on any women so far do you know is have you, is that is that measurable i don't know if that's measurable Pro um you did say the i've had thousands yeah. of people message me on linkedin yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, I, and even before that like i i've been representing this industry i've had people ask me to talk to their daughters and i have and oh yeah 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 okay mm -hmm. even i was just playing bocce ball yesterday and i was talking to one of the bocce kids ball. there yeah mm -hmm. bocce. we don't see uh we don't do that down here we don't, well you do you see a little bit of bocce ball once in a while but not as much as when i was growing up in new jersey so um uh, so yeah, so people have you talk to their kids. So what do they say? Like they say, I want you to talk to my daughter about what? Um, so this isn't the post that I did about the beauty pageant wasn't the first post. I've done another one where it was like a different dirty picture, but basically <laughs> just, <laughs> just, I don't really even know. They just say, I think that you're an inspiration. I wish that my daughters, you know, could see more women like you who do mm -hmm. work in the field and who are engineers and intelligent. And um, I want them to know that, that that's that somebody who yeah. I'm going to just be blunt. Somebody who looks like me can do something like that. Right, right, right. Exactly. You so, yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you tell? So so when you. Uh, when you when you sit down with somebody's daughter like what do you say what do you what do you what do you tell them i mean mostly what i do is listen because yeah. i mean that's basically the primary yeah. part of sales right and then you like tailor their conversation to 
Like if the, I don't know how to explain it. Can I do yeah. a redo? Can we omit this? <laughs> we can skip this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to let's move on yeah. to the, the so the contest. So you did this contest, um, and which is I, to me, I I think is probably uh, just the fact that you were able to pull it off is stunning because I know uh, from some other people that I know that you don't just like you don't you know. You don't just skip a couple meals, do a couple of push-ups, and, and and show up for one of these things, right? It's the uh, the preparation uh-huh. is is tremendous. On top of the fact that it's the it's the Mrs. Pennsylvania, so you're so you're married, you have kids, you have a job, right? You can't just like you can't just. So how did you how 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 did how did you even like manage to pull all that together and get it done? Well, I hired a coach. Yeah. I spent. A lot of my own personal money on like getting a gown and but um i had a lot of people support me you know Mm. yeah good so i just brought the troops some of them live in your house presumably right yeah yeah i was about to say my husband my husband was he should have won mr pennsylvania for sure he was my best support he might still be in the running the the jury's still out he might he might pull it off he's he's my mr pennsylvania i love him yeah. But yeah, I was very, very, he was, that he was the most supportive husband there too, which maybe I shouldn't have said because <laughs> well, <laughs> I, um, I think so. <laughs> surely everybody, yeah, probably everybody felt that. So, um, mm-hmm. okay. So you did this contest and, uh, and here's the, here's the part that, um, uh, is so, and you got up there for whatever, where the judges are going to ask you some questions and you weren't expecting that they were going to ask you questions that basically said, like, are you, aren't you, ash- what was it like, 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 how can you, what, what was they asking you? It was kind of like, how aren't you ashamed of your job, right? Like, in so many words. I mean, not verbatim. No, but, maybe they didn't even mean it that way, but I took it that, I think that they did. Okay, so whenever you, this was my first beauty pageant, right? It's, but whenever you do a beauty pageant, you have to turn in a two-page bio in which they're supposed to ask you questions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I reformatted my entire bio in case they were, you know, anti-oil and gas. Because mm-hmm. I was going to do, my platform was going to be education about energy. Energy. I changed it to women empowerment, which are my two passions. So I changed yeah, it yeah. from one to the other, right? Yeah, yeah. The only thing, I had two things on that whole entire two-page bio that led to their questions, which was my degree. One of my degrees is in petroleum and natural gas engineering, and I am a sales accountant for uh, in yeah. oil and gas industry. So they saw through your through your, your disguise. They, 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 they figured out that you were an oil and gas person. I mean, they did, but they could have asked me about my bio, not just the six yeah. words on my whole two-page thing. Sure, um, sure. But so they asked me, it was a four-minute interview, mm. and Which can three, seem long seem long when you're when you're and, and is this a live interview like you're standing up in front of a bunch of people and they're asking you these questions yeah it's like it's yeah. a panel of four so, people so it's like four minutes underwater really is, mm-hmm. is and yeah. uncomfortable heels and like the yeah. pageant pose which isn't very comfortable either yeah um and i was my knees were shaking i was really mm-hmm. nervous because i was like really really excited about making an impact on the world mm-hmm. um or at least our state i was very proud of our state um but anyway I was thinking that they were going to ask me about this bio, and I had practiced and practiced like all of these example questions. But the, the first question basically was, "So uh, I see that you're a petroleum engineer. Don't you care about the environment?" <laughs> and I was in shock. Like I didn't, I wasn't expecting didn't that. that. And coming, I was like, yeah, "Oh my yeah. god, they hate me already." Yeah, you know? they do. Yeah. So um, 
Uh, and so obviously you didn't have the, the best answer possible prepared. What I had you, a good answer. You want to hear did? it? Oh, yeah. What was the good answer? Yeah. Um, so I said from 2005 to 2000, I said I do care about the environment. From 2005 to 2019, Pennsylvania actually has had the most carbon emission reductions than any other state if you account for acreage because of natural gas. That's why I'm in it. So what do they say? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Next question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, was there any other, uh, any other uh, questions along those lines? Yeah. So one of the other uh, judges said, I am involved in a company or I work with a company that researches renewables. And what we have found that in the next 20 years, um, natural gas, or she didn't say natural gas. She said traditional energy is going to be obsolete. And I was like, a lot of times these bio these biomass fuels that I was talking about earlier that yeah. generate the particulate matter yeah. are considered traditional energy. So I was confused. So I was like, what do you mean by traditional energy? Are you talking about hydrocarbon carbons? She said, yes. And I said, I really don't think that that's the case. And I said, and furthermore, um, natural, I mean, I'm nervous too, but so I'm just like, I said natural. Well, I, what, what is the, so first of all, and you probably, and it's hard to think of these things in the moment, but Mm -hmm. She didn't even ask you if that's what she said. She didn't even ask a question. She just made a statement, and she's she said, "What are your feelings about that?" Yeah, well, that's kind of a BS way to ask a question. Really, what she right? Did was, it's implicative, isn't really, it? Like, she, she made a statement. Your industry sucks. <laughs> she made a statement and then left it up to you to just respond to react to her statement, right? Yeah. So, so uh, I said, "Natural gas is the greatest green initiative on the planet," the, which it is. Then they had to pick their eyes up off the floor because they rolled so hard in their head that they... Uh, right. Yeah. And yeah. these pageant, these um, judges aren't... I don't want to discredit this uh, system, yeah. right? Yeah. I think that the flaw in the system is not the judges, but the fact that our whole society isn't educated about energy. Yeah. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. Right. It's mm -hmm. and these And these are probably all wonderful people, but they've been... They've had this message... Uh, you know this kind of wrong message put in their heads for so long that this is you know again uh, Asimov nothing has to be true it just has to sound true and so they've heard a lot of things that sound true for a long time and now they just repeat them and they assume that they're they assume they assume yeah, that they're true doing that since the 1970s yeah at least but what you said is that since then you uh, you thought about those questions that they asked you maybe not the volleyball one so much and. Uh, and and you you've come up with a whole lot of uh, like like all the other things that you'd like you would have liked to say, and and so I think this is and we all do that right we all we all you know later think about something oh I wish I would have said this and I wish I would have said this but in this case the fact that you sort of captured it and wrote it down it's it's valuable because the rest of us we all we all have everybody who's in the industry kind of has this challenge uh, maybe you know uh, some of us uh, are some of us aren't in beauty contests. Thank God, but um, but <laughs> but but they but have them for men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, but 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 we're on airplanes and we're in you know different places and we're and we're wherever we are. And uh, and in fact, at, at OGGN we have this thing that we do. In fact, if you're ever in Houston or if you're in, if you're in the area, um, 
on the last Thursday of every month, we have an industry mixer where we all get together at this cool place. And I don't know, we have like 60, 80, 100 people and we have food and drinks and it's people from the industry to just talk to other people in the industry and you know, you call it networking, whatever. It's more like a support group because we know that we can go there and you're kind of among friends, right? And you don't have to like be so careful about like what's somebody gonna think. So we all deal with this challenge. So so what, uh, so just like share like some of the highlights. I I see a lot of pages of notes, but, but but just yeah, the, the highlights of some of the things that you would have said uh, if you could go back and, and, and answer those questions again. You ready for this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm ready for anything. Yeah. Okay. Our standard of living depends on energy. So does peace. Countries with a high standard of living thanks to ener- energy tend not to make war because they have a lot more to lose. What could be more Mrs. American yeah. than helping to solve world peace? World, I want world, world peace. World peace. World peace. Right? <laughs> That's, that, that is the world peace answer. Um, uh, well, but that's true. I mean, we even see that right now with the conflict that we have going on uh, over there in uh, Eastern Europe. And, and you see every, there's a lot of, uh, you know, all the other countries trying to decide what to do about it. There's a lot of hand wringing over the energy part because there's a lot at stake there. Right. And and so oh, yeah. if there wasn't, then, yeah, you would you would. Uh, it's a good point. What else? What else? you got? Oh, I have so much. I don't even know what to say. Okay, electricity consumption per capita by country and the percentage of underweight children at age five are almost directly correlated. This isn't a coincidence. Improved energy access is a necessary condition to improve health outcomes. Like, I think it's so crazy how lucky we are to have this energy and how much we don't think about these people who don't. You know, like, could you imagine? So, so the argument, so if I were to, if I were to, um, just pretend for a second the argument to what you just to what you're saying is well you know well hang on nobody's saying we don't we shouldn't have energy what we're saying is that that your energy is bad and we need to we need everybody needs to quit using that and invest more time and money into getting all of these new good forms of energy going uh, because the only reason why they're not going more than they are is because all of you evil oil people are blocking it and not investing in it and keeping us keeping us addicted to the bad energy so so nobody's saying that these people shouldn't have energy we're saying stop stop preventing us from uh, uh, getting the wind and the solar and everything you know like 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 help help with that like that that, that would be the that would be the argument the argument is that they could, okay. Um, so, the International Energy Agency and United Nations project by 2050, the renewables will reach maybe 20%. It's not possible as of right now. The technology is impossible for renewables to replace natural gas or oil or hydrocarbons. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's not possible because all the oil but but it would be possible if all the big oil companies would stop drilling for oil and take all of their uh, excessive uh, profits and invest them in solving that problem 
Now it's actually the opposite. All of these ex like oil companies are investing in renewable energy. Renewable energy oh, is a good thing. Well, they say they are, but it's just to make the the stock market hat. It's just they're just going through the motions. These are just these are just uh, talking points. They're not really they're not really doing that. There is no lack of fundage for these renewable energy companies. Think about the hype. Think about the My Beauty pageant people, you know? All of these politicians and activists are pouring money into renewables. The percentage of renewable energy to the grid um, is not fluctuating and hasn't much since 1970 because it is impossible. We don't yeah. have the ability to store solar or wind energy. Well, we just need to make more batteries. That's the thing. We need more batteries. We need batteries no, the size it, of houses. That's what. <laughs> that's what I don't even think that the, that it's possible to create a big enough battery. And people people are working on it right now, but they yeah, they just yeah. haven't yet. Top and if they do, I'm all for it. it. Yeah. 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 Top people. All right. Well, um, Sarah Phillips, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, again. I know you said you love to make time, but I'm always appreciative of people making time. And um, it's a really yeah. it's an interesting story. Um, any other any other like little nuggets that you want to uh, leave with anybody before we, we wrap up here? It's okay to say no. You don't have to, you've, you've already said yeah, so, no. so much already. I have a lot of notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, I've no. Given you enough. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, bettering human lives by Chris Wright. Uh huh. It's very informative. If you just Google it. Bettering human lives. Mm-hmm. It's a book. It's uh, an ESG report. It's like ah. an eighty-page ESG report. If you just Google it, anybody can. Uh, Eighty pages read it. It is good. good. Like I can, I, I have trouble. I have a hard time trying to find time to re- read whole books because I just don't have time. But like eighty pages is in the window of like something that I can read from start to finish. So uh, that'll be good. I'll have to. Mark, yeah. Mil- I, Mark Mills is still giving me a hard time because I haven't finished reading his book and. George Danner, I haven't been you know guys that have been on the podcast, and I still haven't read their book. But anyway, mm. I can I can get through the eighty pages. So, um, so it's an EST report, bettering human mm-hmm. lives. Chris right. Wright is very he's a very impressive person. He's been to Africa, and he started out in um, nuclear fission, and migrated to oil and gas. Yeah, yeah. He's cool. the right. CEO of Liberty Frac. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so we will put, I'll tell you what, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And we'll also put a link to your LinkedIn profile so that people can uh, find you. And that is going to wrap it up. Thanks a bunch. I really appreciate you making time. Yeah, I really appreciate you asking me. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Sarah Phillips. What a great story. And uh, she's fun to talk to, obviously. In fact, uh, so after we turned off the microphone, she told me that... Um, uh, she, she's she's trying to put together this trip to go to Africa or somewhere somewhere where the, she wants she wants to do kind of a a montage video project like a video montage showing um, what it's like you know people living in under the conditions where they don't have adequate energy supply it could be a very interesting project and uh, I think she said uh, maybe uh, who did she mention the guy from uh, Liberty at the end the CEO Mark Mark Wright is that his name uh, she, she I think maybe he's helping her with it so um, if, if you think that would be a cool project to uh, to support in some way then find Sarah we, we, we're gonna put her uh, her her LinkedIn uh, info in the uh, show notes so get in touch with her and uh, who knows who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe there's a cause there uh, worth uh, worth worth you getting involved with. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Thanks everybody for listening. 
And uh, thanks for going in and watching the Unscripted, uh, OGGN Unscripted, episode four, because I know you're going to do that, right? As soon as, soon as you finish, uh, in fact, you've probably already hit stop on this one. You're probably already watching that one. So I'm just going to wrap up, say thank you to the OGGN crew for all the hard work, most especially my audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman. And, and I have to say thank you to our new, uh, well, new member of our team here. She's, it's not that new, she's, but she's been, she's been kind of working in the background. Producer Audrey is now uh, running the show on the uh, on on getting every basically uh, so if you're not familiar with the podcast business somebody has to get it from the words from like I'm speaking into the microphone right now and somehow that gets goes through a whole bunch of different steps and it ends up in your ears and uh, producer Audrey is Audrey Zinn is is uh, responsible for that now she's doing a fantastic job so thanks to her and uh, everybody else and remember Wow, you know, there's so much after this episode. There's so much, there's so much that I could say following. Remember, but as you also remember, I'm, I'm headed to the beach here in probably uh, just. Well, it's tomorrow, but I want to say it's just a few hours. So I'm gonna let you fill in your own remember and then finish it up with a We Were Tech before Tech was cool. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil and Gas Tech Podcast a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.